what's the real difference between you know having a lot of gadgets around your home and having a true smart home this is tom duncan and this is future home our special guest today is jay bassin a writer a hobbyist and a professional smart home expert what are some of the changes that you've seen in the past and and tell us a little bit about what you see going forward the big change has been Years ago, the only really viable systems for a decent sized homes were a few systems made by companies that required professional integrators to install them. And today, the big change is how this has moved out into the consumer space. Um, you can go out and you know, buy yourself a hub from SmartThings or Hubitat, uh, tie some light, install your own light switches, and install a smart thermostat and connect it all together and do it yourself. That's probably been the biggest change and, and just the, you know, the drop in, in price. I mean, if you're going to do a 75,000 square foot house, there are only a few companies whose products will handle a space that big, but that's not most people's issue. It's incredible the way what consumers are being offered today. But that being said, the biggest challenge I see, and this is exists both in the professional space and in the consumer space, is that the vast majority of smart homes are really nothing more than big control systems. You know, that is all we've done is replaced walking over and flipping a light switch on with your hand or walking over to your thermostat and pressing the the up button on it to make your home a little more a little warmer with a voice command the home really isn't doing anything for you. It's just providing a, a cooler way of controlling it. And that's really the biggest challenge I see moving forward is to really get to the point where smart homes are really smart and are anticipating the needs of the people in the home and taking actions on their behalf. Now, is, is, so you're saying that really is compatibility is not necessarily an issue now, that most of these new smart products are compatible with each other through either Alexa or one of the other smart hubs? You know, there are several different technologies out there, the primary two being Z-Wave and Zigbee that are wireless standards for communication. And then, of course, you have, you know, just your wired Ethernet for connecting different devices in a, in a home also. You know, that isn't to say there isn't a great deal of room for improvement. I know that Google, Amazon, and and others are getting together to work on a much more universal standard for devices to make this a whole lot even simpler than it is today. In years past, it, it, was, it was just filled with proprietary technologies, and that's gotten a whole lot better over time. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm buying a new home or I'm building a new home. What are some of the things I should think about or look out for? The first thing is is to sort of, if you want it to be a smart home, you got to sort of choose a platform to get started. You don't want to have half your rooms being having Alexa devices in them and the other half having Google Assistants. You need to make a choice. And then start making sure that you make choices be it from your light switches, your thermostat, and make sure that things are, are you are making choices with devices that are going to, to work together and that are documented to work together. Right, integration. 
a really nice little, you know, a smaller um, hub that that works really well for pe- for a lot of people is one by Hubitat. It isn't uh, backed by one of the massive names mm-hmm. out there, but it has an advantage like some of the big um, professional systems is that all the programming remains in your home. So as you as you develop things to make your home a little bit smarter and you put those rules into the hub, it stays in your home. If the internet goes down, it still works, which is not the case if you're doing something with a SmartThings hub by Samsung, or if you're expecting your voice commands to work on your Amazon Echo or on one of, on your one of your Google Home devices. And, and so really, I guess, you know, having all these things integrated together through a hub, it really goes from just being a collection of gadgets to really being a, a true smart home. Exactly. And, you know, just to, to give you some, you know, give people some ideas of some of the things you could do, you know, uh, a really important fire safety uh, integration is that if you're, if you, a fire alarm or a smoke alarm uh, goes off in your home, you can turn on your lights uh, to make it easier for the family to exit the home. Your forced air heating and air conditioning system could be turned off so they don't spread smoke around your house. Motorized shades could automatically be open to make it easier to exit through windows if that is the only way out. Um, exterior landscape lighting can be flashed to make it easier for first responders to locate your home. And then bedroom doors can even be shut to keep smoke from entering rooms where people are sleeping and possibly overcoming them before they wake up. Now you're talking about a smart home, right? Exactly. You know, this is where integration really comes into play and really takes the home, smart systems in the home to the next level from just a control system to one that's really working for a family. Right. I also read about a product that it, it actually has a um, it has a sensor on it, so when it hears the smoke alarm go off uh, for things, it'll it'll turn off the stove and turn off the gas and all that things. Yeah, it's there. There's a lot of things that, that you know people keep coming out with new little smart utilities and 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 things. Um, one that I'm familiar with is Life Door that actually will automatically close a bedroom door when it hears the smoke alarm go off. I mean, how do you stay up to speed with uh, all these smart products? Are there websites that you, I mean, do you, is there a newsletter or something that, you know, you find helpful? There are newsletters from CNET and Digital Trends that are very useful and are, and keep up on smart home technology. Um, I get seeked out because of the, the work I'm doing. A lot of companies come to me um, I get press releases and things like that that, that keep me up to date. Um, Residential Tech Today magazine that I write for has their own website that's good for uh, staying up on. Um, there's a, a site and magazine for professionals called uh, CE Pro that is another one that uh, is good to keep up. And then it's just, you know, just looking all over the place, doing a lot of reading. Right. Now, do, you, do you go to things like trade shows? Like, do you go to CES or anything like that? I have gone to CES in the past, but that interrupts my ski season now, so I typically <laughs> don't go. <laughs> um, that's a, it's, it's, but, it's a good reason. But that's a personal problem. <laughs> well, okay, I, I got to ask this. I mean, um, 
Do you have any favorite new products? I know you talked about a couple of things, but is there anything on the horizon or anything that you would say is just have a must have for someone that really wants to have the newest and the best? You know, one thing I'm, I'm working, I've done a number of articles on indoor air quality and indoor air quality monitors um, because that's becoming more and more understood as being a, a real health issue in, in a home. I live in an area where forest fires and are become, you know, are a yearly occurrence in the, you know, and, and the smoke from them, which can be just a huge health hazard. And this is becoming more of an issue across the United States as the climate's been getting warmer. And I just came across a, a new device that is the only outdoor air quality monitor uh, that I'm aware of. And when you have a forest fire, the smoke can be incredibly localized. It can blow the, if the prevailing wind blows it right over your house, a couple of miles away, the, the sky can be perfectly clear. And there's a device called by a company called Purple Air out of Salt Lake City that is, you know, for, only, for under $300, an outdoor air quality monitor that could be integrated into a smart home. And that's one that I'm working with right now and playing with. Um, here and I'm writing um, in the midst of writing software to um, work with motorizing windows and um, running air cleaners based on indoor air quality changing because of using, you know, your windows have been open because you're cooling your house down um, using outdoor air in the evening instead of running your air conditioner as the temperature drops. But suddenly now your indoor air quality has dropped um, and now you want to in it, shut down all your windows and start up indoor air quality cleaning um, that can be done very simply using your furnace um, with, the, with a high MERV rated furnace filter. So all that can tie together in a smart home to you know, use outdoor air for cooling your home to save money on your energy bill by not running your air cleaner or excuse me, your air conditioner uh, when the conditions are correct. And then knowing that the indoor air quality has dropped in your home and now taking steps to clean that air. But the Purple Air is a, is a neat device that uh, um, I'm just starting to work to play with for that. It's, as I said, it's the only outdoor air quality monitor for a residential use that I'm aware of. If people want to read your articles or find out more about, uh, about you and what you're writing about, what's the best place to go? The residentialtechtoday.com website. And then you can even do a search on their website under my name and come up with a, with a bunch of those articles.